Is everyone having a good week? That's good. I, that's so good. I'm so happy. I, coming to, to Damascus, it's like my, my one getaway for the summer. Um, so I, I became a new pastor of a parish about three weeks ago, and it's been exciting and daunting. So a lot of the, a lot of the campers here are at the parish I, I used to, to be at as a parochial vicar, um, and it's great to see them. But with that change, it's just this reality of, you know, what remains consistent? What, what am I going to choose to do differently as now a priest who lives by himself, is in a city by himself, who's the only Catholic church? Like, what am I going to do the same, and what am I going to do different? And in thinking about this gospel reading, when Jesus is, is with all these people, and, and he's being told that his mother and his brothers are looking for him, he's like, in reality, my, my family's right here. And so as much as I, I love my parish of St. Vincent de Paul, I equally love the new parish of St. Bernard's, and I equally love the people of Damascus, and I love the people I get to encounter. I've never, ever in my life met Father Manuel before this week. He's awesome, yeah. isn't he? We, uh, we shed some paint and some blood today on the paintball field. It was good. It was good. But this idea that Jesus is trying to remind us all that we are one family— the very first sacrament I celebrated as a deacon was a baptism. And baptism, we know that from this sacrament, we are adopted into the family of God. And so all of us by baptism have been adopted in the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are sons and daughters to God the Father. We are related, united. And so there's this need for us to see that in ourselves in order to share that with others. And it's, that's difficult. Because I don't think sometimes we look at ourselves with the greatest, greatest appreciation. I don't think we look at ourselves sometimes with the greatest affection. I think sometimes we look at ourselves with a little bit of aggravation or frustration or, you know, just like something's not quite measuring up. Has anyone ever felt that way? Yeah, it's okay because we probably all have. That's not a, a unique or an uncommon thing. But what is unique is that we have a God who sees us through all of those things. We have a God who loves us despite our successes or our failures. So on Sunday, when we first got here, we were talking a lot about invitation and the importance of inviting God in right through our hands, our posture of receptivity, but also being able to drop those things. And yesterday we talked about the goodness of repentance, how actually when we come forward to receive the Eucharist, the living God, body and blood, soul and divinity, we should be on cloud nine, like jumping around and clapping our feet like... I'm not going to do it again. Kind of hurt my back. One more time. Okay. Woo! Right? Like, that should be our reality. But we, can't, we just get stuck in our minds of, like, right foot, left foot forward, right foot forward, left foot forward, hands up, bow, amen, turn. Like, it has to be more than that. So we want to talk about this idea of being consumed by the Lord. Say consumed. consumed. Right? Like, that's kind of a weird word, right? Like, why do I want it? to be consumed by someone like I do the consuming of the Jolly Ranchers and the licorice and the Swedish fish and the milkshakes. No. But being consumed, being satisfied by God. That's what we want to aim for. That's what we want to get to. There's this really powerful 
uh, reading. It's done in Tuesday night's night prayer. I think they have a slide to throw up there for me somewhere. This is from 1 Peter. It says, stay sober and alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, solid in your faith. I, I bolded out some words up here, sober and alert. What does that mean to be sober and alert? It means that I'm attentive. It means that I have an awareness. It means that I am not necessarily on guard and defensive, but it means that I'm prepared for something. I'm not just allowing myself to kind of flow through the world like, no worries, bro, no big deal. Like, no, like I have some sense of like focus. So we want to be sober and we want to be attentive because we have an opponent, yes or yes. yes. And the opponent is smarter than us, yes or yes. yes. But he's weaker than God, yes or yes. yes. Good. We have an opponent. He wants to devour us. But we just talked about being consumed by God. So if the devil, who is less than God, is weaker than God, less intelligent, everything less, is trying to devour us, how much more do we think God is trying to consume us? A lot more. Good. But this is an ongoing reality. And so we are called to resist. There's a lot we could take away in that word resist. It, it, ultimately, does it mean that I'm called to prevail? Well, God's going to prevail. Am I called to be complacent? No. I'm called to resist. So even though I will face temptation, I may fall into temptation. I need to resist. I need to fight. I need to not give up because there's a God who longs to consume me more than the devil desires to devour me. And it's weird to think in these words of consuming and devouring, but this is, the, this is a fact. Like, this, this earthly existence that we're on, it's not forever. We will die, and that's fine. But heaven is, and hell is forever. And I don't want to be devoured by the devil for eternity. I'd rather be consumed by God for eternity. So to allow God to consume me means he has to take over all of my life, my, my mind, my heart, my actions, my words. And because maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, doesn't mean you're going to have it figured out right now? No. But does it, does it mean that we begin resisting now? Yes. We resist because it's what's good for us, because we are called to be sober and alert. We are called to resist temptation. And if we fail, we know there's repentance. We know that God's going to give us mercy. Amen? Amen? I love reconciliation. I love repentance. It's so freeing. Okay. So that's, just, that's something for us to hold on to. If the devil's looking to devour us, how much more is God looking to consume us? I want to talk a little bit about the drama last night. How many of you, show of hands, is that the first time seeing a drama like that? Okay. How many of you had seen something like that before? Awesome. So fun fact, you can take the slide down if you want. Fun fact, when I was in college eons ago, <laughs> we did that same drama in college. You want to know the even funnier fact? I played Jesus in the skit in those dramas. 
You want to know even funnier, funnier facts? I wasn't even baptized yet. <laughs> so here I am playing Jesus in a skit about salvation. I'm not even baptized. Like, what? And now look where I am. So it's pretty funny. Like, it's, it's, it's funny what the Lord wants to do. What, out, what stands out, though, maybe that's your first time seeing it. Maybe you've seen it before. Maybe some of it made sense. Maybe you're like, I don't know what's going on. There were two things that really stood out to me. The first was, after, after we, the person, had gone through all the temptations, and she started running back to the Lord, she never stopped running. She'd run and get thrown, and she'd run and get thrown, and she'd run and, not that way, run and get thrown, right? She'd but she never stops. She's like, ah, it's just too hard, Jesus. I guess I'll just like sit down and like take a nap. And it's like, no, she never stopped. Like she kept running to the Lord. That was the first thing that stood out to me. The second was that she, what color shirt did she wear the whole time? She wore a white shirt the whole time. Is this going to go off on me when I go buy it? Nope. Ha <laughs> ha! She wore a white shirt, meaning when she was created, when we were created, when we came into existence, we were made in purity. And as much as all that temptation, all that stuff came at her, it never tarnished her purity. So as much as all this temptation, all this junk, all this stuff comes at us in life, our purity is never tarnished, amen? And as much as we're going to be maybe possibly like attacked by the devil, and he's going to try to devour us, we're going to let the Lord consume us because he's already consumed us. He's made us. So all this leads into my final thought. It's, it's with this skit, and it has to do with, with worship, really. We want to be aware of the things in life that are going to make life difficult. Maybe it will be friendships. Maybe it will be temptations to do things in school we shouldn't do or, or to do things in life we shouldn't do or to avoid doing a good. It could be any of that. But when it comes to worship, I'm going to ask Joe to help me out a little bit. I want to think about like, what the posture of worship really cultivates, what it, what it speaks. And we did a little bit of this on, on Sunday. We talked about having our hands out, and we've been doing this, of like receiving and dropping stuff. Worship as a posture, I think, is either something that naturally comes out of us or is something that's taught through interactions of others. And, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong with this regard, but for some reason, I think, as a priest, people look at me and think, oh, he's got it figured out. He's a priest. He knows how to worship. He's got it. It's like, no, no, no. This is extremely uncomfortable for me. I don't like this. This is nerve-wracking. This is panicky mode. This is like outside comfort zone. This is comfort zone. In fact, like, this is comfort zone. This is, oh gosh, I am being exposed. It's scary. Um, so can you just kind of give us a little, like, music to enter into? So I want us to just practice the idea of worship, the, the idea of posture more than anything. Um, it's not, it, some of us have it naturally. Thanks be to God. You are the people that inspire me. But for the rest that have had to, to learn it, that have had to, to watch it by another, we do what we do not for our own glorification, we do what we do to allow ourselves to be in a place of actually discomfort so that the Lord can do some, some stinking awesome stuff. So I just want to invite us to stand for a moment.
uh, if it's going to help you kind of shake out your arms a little bit. All right? And, and we're just going to allow ourselves, we're going to close our eyes, because I think when we look at people, that's where we actually allow worship to not function, because we're worried about others. And I, and I know that I have to just, like, close my eyes, remove the distractions. And, and Joe's going to give us a, a chorus line to kind of, like, enter into and repeat. Um, and it's something you've heard already. But it has a lot to do with this idea of being consumed by God. And like, if I'm being consumed by God, it means I have to be vulnerable, I have to be exposed, I have to be open. And it's scary and it's hard. Some of us naturally have it, some of us don't. So we're just going to stretch ourselves. Fair? Is it cool if we stretch ourselves a little bit? Cool. Let's go through that one more time. Just acknowledging that the Lord is who we ultimately need, that he is our defense as, as the devil seeks to devour us. He longs to consume us in such a more powerful way. We direct ourselves to him. We, we turn ourselves toward him because we orient ourselves to the one who's made us, who's called us, who's claimed us, who wants us. Oh, it's so good. I'm so proud of you. It is such a terrifying thing to step out into places of discomfort. But remember one thing. Yesterday, when Father Manuel was talking about miracles, he talked about the miracle of the Eucharist. That didn't come to an ordinary, everyday person. It came to a priest. A priest who sometimes we think, oh, they've got it figured out. They must know what they're doing. It came to a priest because he had lost his faith. He had lost his focus. He had lost his sight on Jesus. If there's anything that we pray for, for your lives, for your eternity, your existence, is that you never lose focus on Jesus. No matter who's around you, who's in front of you, who's behind you, who's next to you, that you always have eyes on Jesus who wants to consume you and be with you and give you life. Because you and you and you and every single person here deserves to be loved and known and seen by the Father. So this one last verse, we're going to give it to him one more time, fully exposed because he deserves our exposure. <laughs>